Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Not sure the time, wherever you are. I'm your host, Councilor Glenn. Hey, William V. Thompson. Back again with episode two, guys. We're coming back with it. <laughs> Hope you enjoyed episode one. Hey, man. I had a ball with it, Council. I learned a lot about you and your thinking, and hopefully you learned a little something from me, and hopefully the people out there watching nationwide have learned something also. Absolutely. That will radically change their destiny. Yeah. I, brief off the cuff, kind of off script. What is something you've learned from me over the last couple of years? I, I think the thing, I think the power of technology, I, I think that of course my generation, born of course in 1959, uh, you know, t technology to us was a telephone. And understanding technology, and the thing about technology, not like everybody else uses it. Mm -hmm. And I, sure, I saw social media, I saw email, I saw texting, etc. But as I learned from you, there's so many innovative ways to use technology to engage people and to market. And you've taught me, in essence, that marketing is really the millionaire maker. Absolutely. And technology has done that. So, again, I appreciate that, man. Thanks. Yeah. And on the, flip, on the same thing for me, one of the things I learned was um, just the power of cons not focus. Yeah. Focus. So, I, I would come in all the time with all these ideas and mm -hmm. say, where's your list? Where's yeah. it on paper? Where are your points? Give me a one pager. Yeah. So putting it on paper, um, knocking down my you know my top ten, my target That's ten good. on a sheet yeah. of paper allowed me to focus on what's in front of me, and not worry about you know possibilities. I got you. Now I'm gonna see how well he's done. Finish the statement. An unwritten plan. Oh, is impossible to follow. He got it. He scored well. He <laughs> an unwritten plan is impossible to follow. So you know, and we think that everybody should have a written plan that provides you the possibility to live your dream life. And that's what we're all about here in our podcast. And it may be a ways away, but just having that yeah. plan and working towards it is, is key. So we're on uh, lesson two, week two, and we're talking about the power of cash flow. Yeah, and in essence, what can it do? In other words, what are the benefits? You know, last week we told you that cash flow was the rocket fuel to build wealth, mm -hmm. okay? We gave you the cash flow formula of inflows, minus outflows equals cash flow. And we went over that again and again, helping you understand it. Now today in podcast number two, episode number two, we're gonna talk about four powerful benefits in addition to building wealth, why cash flow is a must. Okay, all right, let's hop right into it. Okay, well, I think the very first thing is it helps you eliminate debt faster. Please get that. You know, everybody's talking about being debt free. Everybody wants to be debt-free. Remember, we taught a principle last week that when debt becomes an investment, wealth is created. Mm -hmm. So when you have positive cash flow, again, let's run through the numbers. Let's say your inflows are 7000 and that's net coming in. And let's say the outflows, what we call the financial number, is 5500 right. That gives you $1,500 a month free that's excess. Now, you could use it eating out, which is easy to do. You could use it buying a fancier car. You could travel more. And all those things have its place. Right. But what if you said, I'm going to take that $1,500 and I'm going to attack. And note the operative word attack. Not pay on, but attack. Because you must learn to see debt as a hostile enemy against your destiny. And counsel, what do you think would happen if they took the extra $1,500 and let's say attack maybe a car note that was $500 a month? So eventually you're gonna create more cash flow. Okay, but I think the biggest thing though, not only are you gonna do that, but you're gonna do it by eliminating that car payment. Right. Because if the car payment's only 500 a month, and you're taking the five, you're paying it on time, you're taking your $1,500 a month cash flow, 
and you're paying on that one debt an extra $2,000 a month, where you might have had a five-year note, you'd have that thing paid off in, let's call it two years, rough number. Right. So then you just did what? Took your cash flow from $1,500 a month now to $2,000 a month. Right. And that's the point we're trying to make. Gotcha. And you did it in a lot faster time. A lot faster time, yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And, and a quick sidebar from that is not only did you create another $500 a month cash flow, but you probably raised your credit score. Yeah. Because the way the FICO system is situated, if I have a car loan, that's a good thing, but a paid off car loan, it's much better. So benefit number one is cash flow allows you to eradicate the enemy called debt because when people are in debt they, they their will is broken their worth is destroyed and their greatest weapon to build wealth is gone called cash flow mm -hmm. and then I love again we said the principle earlier and please jot this down when debt becomes an investment wealth is created say that one more time here we go when debt becomes an investment Wealth is created. What do you mean, William? Let's say you now have $2,000 a month in cash flow. Within time, you have $3,000. And let's say you're debt-free. That fifteen dollars to $2,000 you were paying on the car note, the student loan, the mortgage, the credit cards, if you took that and you started investing, and at your age, how old are you again, Counselor? 36. 36. Oh, man, he's, just, yeah, he's still wet behind the ears, but <laughs> a lot of wisdom. Him and CC, let's say they had the $2,000 a month from eliminating debt. If they invested that $2,000 and just got a 12% return, in 20 years, that would be almost $2 million. Wow. You mind that? No, I don't mind that at all. <laughs> it didn't come from a part-time job. It didn't come from any other source except you eradicated debt. And that's why we say that when debt becomes an investment, that's when wealth is created. Yeah, and you know, that takes a, a little, not a little bit, a lot of consistency. It does, man. And just dedication. I think sometimes us as millennials, we look for the home runs. You're right. And instead of hitting the home runs, sometimes we need to take those singles. Yeah. Because they'll lead the runs eventually. And that's how my generation thinks. Yeah, it's the complete opposite. Because like, man, 20 years? Mm -hmm. That means you're going to have to keep doing whatever you're doing yeah. else. <laughs> Creating that income. Or have that financial number for 20 years to get to $2 million, Yeah. Where we, we try to find a, a way we can do it in, of course, record time. So. Yeah. But you're the great thing about it, though, Cal, you make a good point. Again, that's a difference in the generation. That's why we're talking about bridging the gap in our generations and finding the best of both worlds. Right. Because he makes an excellent point is that can be a little long. But that's why we want to position people to have that long-term strategy but also do things within time like they're flipping houses, immediate money, or they're writing covered calls, immediate money, or they're doing other deals. Because you have to find a way to focus on your future, but you got to feed your present. Right. And if you don't feed right now with, with chunks of money where you can do what you want to do, you're going to be distracted. And that's why a lot of my generation gets to 60 plus and they have nothing because they could not, they didn't feed their present enough to keep them motivated. That makes perfect sense. It's almost having a long game and a short game. That that says it well, man. Okay. Yeah, says it well. Got it, got it. Okay. So that was point number one. It helps you eliminate debt faster. You got it. So point number two, the power of cash flow, what can it do? I love it, man. It allows you to buy assets on sale. On sale. Okay. You know, can I tell some things that we're doing right now, real Absolutely. estate? You know, you know, millennial here, 
you know, looking at an apartment complex, guys, that we're getting uh, for an incredible price. And I'm going to say it's worth about $2 million, but we're really getting it on sale. If you want to tell the price, that's on you. <laughs> but we're getting it whereby it's going to have seven figures equity. I'll just say that to you. The point is because us and our team of investors, not because we have good credit, cash flow is needed. Because we're going to have to put up individually a nice sum of money because we're talking about a seven-figure deal here. And it allows you to be able to be in deals like this because you have the cash flow. Mm -hmm. And it allows you to get into other deals and allows you even to make sure that your family is protected. Yeah. And I want to encourage everyone, note the operative word, an asset. You know, I'm a retired CPA and in school they taught us the old school definition of an asset. By the way, you're getting a little gray there, Brad. What's going on? Why I didn't know. Excuse me one second, Brad. What's going on, man? It's a couple strands, man. A couple strands. It's ironic that it's on my side. I don't see it on the other side. No, no, no. Uh, it's one long well, right there. Yeah, that, that's a sign this morning. I saw that. But anyway, back to what I was hanging saying. Hanging out with you. Oh, hanging out with me. I tell you. you see what hanging out with millennials did to me? I used to have hair. I used to have hair. It might have been 30 years ago. But anyway. But, but you know, man, an asset in accounting terminology is something that you buy like this table or computer that you pay a thousand dollars or more for. That's sort of the antiquated definition I learned on. Okay. But I've learned today that an asset is anything that you own or control that makes you money with little to none of your involvement. You know, uh, I like that definition a lot better. Oh, I do too, man. And like the apartment that you found, man, with that 45 unit, that thing's going to be kicking out. You know, once we get it rehabbed and get the people in there, it's going to be generating money that probably will last not only our generation, but our children and our children's children. And that's something, again, we'll hire a property manager yep. and we'll you know, outsource all that. And all we have to do is review the numbers on a monthly basis and make management decisions. See, that's an asset. Absolutely. We don't have to collect the rent. Nope. We, we don't, right? No. Nope. Okay. <laughs> we ain't got to make sure the grass is cut? Nope. All right. Now, y'all, this is the witness to the contract here. <laughs> but we just simply had to come up with the cash flow. You had to have the knowledge, the foresight, use the technology to find the deal. You negotiated it. And, but cash flow lets us buy things like that on sale. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes the, the long game, the $2,000 a month. Yeah, man. Cool. Because now I'm investing in something that is going to give me money tomorrow and <laughs> for years to come. Yeah. So that, that can possibly fuel that, that two grand. Yeah. And it can keep me motivated to find another deal. Oh, no, this won't be the last one. <laughs> yeah, you got it, man. You got it. So again, I want to say to all my boomers out there, my even my Xers, you know, long-term perspective is definitely good. So there needs to be a plan. And, and again, the eradication of debt and investing that, that could be the long game. Right. And even your 401k, which we'll talk about later, if you have those two as your long game, and then you come back with like flipping property or buying real estate or cash flow, that could be the short game that keeps you motivated now because the ultimate goal is we want to show you, and we will, how to buy those assets on sale. I'm going to do another quiz. Now, give me an example of two assets. What are two? Here we go. Look at all. Oh, no, it's early in the morning, so here we go, okay? Two assets. Two types of assets. What do you mean? What's an asset? Give me an asset. It makes you money. Look at what is it? For a example, rental property. Thank you. Rental property. Stocks. And stocks. There you go. He's okay. Look, he's <laughs> he trying to play me this morning. No, no. But, but it's that though, guys. Think those things can make money and the importance of buying them on sale. You know, if you had to go out and buy that apartment complex for $2 million, would you have done it? No. I mean, why not? I mean, it's it's going to make you money for $2 million and I have $2 million. Okay, so how'd you get it on sale? I negotiated the price. I found a distressed property. And that's all we're talking about, folks. 
if you can do it in real estate, you can. You can there you go. You can stocks. You can buy on sale. You can buy businesses on sale. Yeah. And we believe that if you can buy shoes and clothes and chicken breasts on sale, we're going to help anybody buy assets on sale to make your dreams come true. And what's so crazy is it's not a, uh, a far-fetched idea. You can literally buy businesses, houses, yeah. stocks on sale the same way you buy, buy one, get one free at you know, the grocery stores. Yeah. It's really that simple. It is. It is. And, and even going back to the deal, you know, we are talking about seven figures and 36 African-American going to the bank getting itself well established now, the bank loaning you that money would have been very, very unlikely possibly. Yeah. But what did he do? He brought a team of investors and people that had cash flow. And now it's a done, done deal. And sure, even though profits are being sold or shared, but the equity, the cash flow, and the momentum, because now the belief that if I can buy a 45 unit, why can't I buy a 450 unit? And we're talking about 36 years old. You know, back in the day, my first one was a 10 unit. <laughs> but I remember it gave me confidence to move forth from there. Right. How old were you when you got that? Uh, I was, uh, I don't think I was 41. 41. Okay. All right. Yeah. All right. Five years ahead of you. Look at all that. Moving on. Moving <laughs> on. All right. So we got point number one. Uh, helps you eliminate debt faster. You point number two. Helps you buy assets on sale. Uh, and that's two more points, correct? Here you go, yeah. And here's one this morning I wanted to add in. I thought about it with everything going on with the election and uh, going on with COVID, etc. You know, cash flow, it helps you eliminate stress and tension. And because a lot of people are stressed out now. But when I have cash flow, I'm not forced to go to work when I don't want to go to work. I'm not forced to try to close a deal this week. But it eliminates stress and tension. Therefore, it frees up my mind. My mind is now freed up, and instead of thinking at this panic level, I'm able to still think at the level where ideas are and innovative thinking and solutions are. And then on top of that, counsel, not only am I thinking better, but because it's reducing stress and pressure, my health is going to be better. Yep. The number of people who go into the hospital and have heart attacks and et cetera because of tension and stress, if they had cash flow, I guarantee that number would be cut in half. That's absolutely true, man. I remember a couple years ago, man, uh, cash flow was non-existent. Mm -hmm. And the stress to get a sale or make a deal happen was crazy. But as things progress and cash flow, you, it's not, you know, if you don't make a sale that week, it's not the end of the world. That's right. Uh, you know, it's, and you're able to still find creative deals like the apartments or do things like we're doing with marketing with the group and things like that yeah. because the cash flow is there. It definitely helps you think better, create more, which ironically produces more cash flow. It, it really does too. And then like I said before, when, when you don't feel the pressure of having to do something, you're able to, when you negotiate a deal with people, you can leave a little bit more on the table for them because you're not dependent on your light staying on. And therefore, you get a reputation in the marketplace, this person's fair. Right. Then this person's going to do you right. And once person one tells person five, tells person 50, you now have people coming to you saying, I hear that you like to make money, but I hear you're always fair, that you will not take advantage of me. You know, a book I enjoy reading says that a good name is rather to be chosen than great riches. And if you can really manage cash flow, it's going to cause you not to be so stressed out and you will be able to think at levels that you never thought were possible. Very true. 
Yeah. Very true. I can attest to that. Me too, brother. <laughs> Me too, man. I tell you. All right. And last point. Last point. Very simple here. And I love this one. It very simply says this. It can help you retire young and retire rich. It gives you more time to do whatever you want to do. Okay. See, the first time I retired, I was about 35, 36. And uh, for about two or three years, I did nothing. Because I, I learned... Um, from a guy named Robert Kiyosaki, old school, but learned. And Joe and I did a lot of you know, asset uh, building. And at 35 or 36, we, you know, we, we had the money in the bank, we had the cash flow, and it gave us time to say, okay, honey, you know, we're, we're, we're in our mid to late 30s, what do you really want to do in life? We were able to sit down and we were able to work on bigger projects. We were able to spend a year or two in, in building a, a network marketing company. We were able to do some things that most people can't do until they get time, get older. So again, it allows you to retire young, to retire rich, to do what you want to do when you want to do. So you didn't have to wait to Social Security age to retire. Did not. Did cash not flow. Cash flow, yeah. And that's a key principle. That's it. Remember, it's cash flow that retires. You're not age. You know, in my generation, we're brainwashed to think. At 65, now we're at 66 and a half to keep moving the level. But in our minds, we're thinking when you get in your mid to late 60s, that's when you retire. No, you retire when you learn how to buy assets on sale and you create enough cash flow. Because remember, it's cash flow that retires you and not your age. Got it. Got it. Okay. That, that makes sense. And that's, that's where the cash flow comes in. Because if you get enough assets... Mm -hmm. You, you won't need a, a nine to five. That's right. And if you pay off debt using the cash flow, which increases your financial number, you get a bigger, obviously a bigger pot. Yeah, bigger cash flow, yeah. So yeah. they can retire you a lot faster than waiting on Social Security. That's it, guys. I mean, it's all boiling down to cash flow. It's like when you play Monopoly. People never think about it, but every move in Monopoly is tied back to rents. Rents. And rents are a type of cash flow. You know, I'll tell you my secret. When I play Monopoly, I like to buy Mediterranean and Baltic. I like to put hotels on them because even though they're low-priced properties, the return on the amount I invested is more. In other words, it has a greater cash flow than Boardwalk or Park Place. Got it. But the bottom line is it all boils down to, like you were saying, is we have to do whatever is necessary to enhance our cash flow. Yeah, and I think... Sometimes we can get discouraged at thinking it's going to take a, a while, mm -hmm. a long time to get cash flow management yeah. under control. But man, a good focus, 90, 60, maybe longer, six months, yeah. uh, focusing in on the financial number and getting cash flow under control.